I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Patekna alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting Andrew Ivins. we got a great show for you today on this Tuesday. Marvin Harrison Jr., the best receiver in this year's draft class. Well, the NFL Combine is this week. He is going to be a DNP. Do not participate this week. Is that a big deal or not? He joins the likes of guys like Caleb Williams, Drake May, Malik Neighbors. We'll get into that and we'll also also talk about big pickups for Auburn TCU, the transaction where wire live in well, plus a little Oyster Boys improv. We'll bring back that segment for the second consecutive week. But first, Drew, the boys in Lincoln, they were throwing down. How about this? One of the best dunk contests I think I've seen in a while, better than the NBA dunk contest. But the football team participating this weekend on Sunday as the men's basketball team hosted Minnesota. But uh, Drew, it was the boys on the gridiron that really kind of stole the show with the winner being Jeremiah Charles. You look at the participants here for Matt Rule. Great way to start the show because we've always talked about Matt Rule. Well, he has a certain type, and usually these guys are bouncy with a lot of traits that NFL teams desire. And you look at the list here of all the participants, Drew, all these guys have a pretty salty background either on the hardwood or in track and field. I love this. This is one of the best promos I can recall in recent memory. came across my timeline on Sunday, Cooper, and I'm like, Matt Rule, this is perfect for him. We call it, what, Trade City, LinkedIn. We said it when he was hired there to take over at Nebraska. That roster is going to get athletic. It's going to be a bunch of NFL types of bodies. I was surprised my my freak Malachi Coleman wasn't a part of this, but I asked around. It sounds like he's dealing with a shoulder injury. Cooper, Nebraska, how about this? They got four football players running track this season, including Jeremiah Charles, who won that dunk contest. They also got a guy that's a wrestler in the heavyweight division. Uh, I'm fired up about the future of Nebraska in just terms of how athletic how fast, how explosive that roster is going to be in the Big Ten. I mean, we talk about multi-sport athleticism all the time. It's pretty nice to kind of see these guys get to do it uh, on that type of stage. Drew, I meant it when I said it. I actually thought this was more entertaining uh, than the NBA previous dunk contest, which is having some trouble right now. Commissioner Adam Silver still trying to figure that out. But Nebraska, Matt Rule, they got a bouncy team on the hardwood. We'll see if they can bring it onto the gridiron this fall. Guys, remember, you are locked into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. You can find us every Tuesday, Wednesday at the same time, 5 o'clock Eastern time. If you're live in the chat, please make sure to like and subscribe. 
Drew, I talked about it at the top of the show, the NFL Combine going to be a big storyline for the boys this week. I'll be in Indianapolis tomorrow through Friday. And one of the main storylines, Marvin Harrison Jr., you're talking about one of the most accomplished players in all of college football. The last two years, two consecutive seasons, over 1,200 yards receiving, also 14-plus touchdowns. He has chose to opt out and not work out. And I think this is pretty interesting because this is getting a lot of buzz. He's certainly not the first. He won't be the last. He is as close as you'll see as a unanimous receiver number one and people throughout the course of his career have called him a generational prospect and I should mention he is the son of Hall of Fame receiver Marvin Harrison as well so Drew I want to get your thoughts on this big deal or not Marvin Harrison Jr. not participating this week in Indianapolis well I think it's a big deal and Coop I don't even know if he's preparing to test at pro day if you read some of the reports out there he says he's focused on being a better football player and this got my mind thinking all right our, our process right we kind of mirror the nfl draft we have our rankings you know how many prospects out there could never test at any point uh and we'd feel comfortable ranking them at the top of the board i think it's a pretty short list and just like with marvin harrison being that quote-unquote uh generational talent towards the nfl draft i don't know it's interesting to me this is surprising, and, and really it's that part, well, I'm going to be a better football player. I'm not going to focus on the testing. I want to know, is this a trend? Do we see um, other athletes kind of copy Marvin Harrison? Because he's essentially telling NFL evaluators, hey, the, the game film is there. You don't need to see what I can do uh, on the turf there in Indianapolis. You don't need to see me run. Uh, I got the game tape to back it up. So I'm surprised by it. I'm still trying to digest it. And I'll say this, Cooper, I hopefully this trend does not carry over into the high school rankings because that's still going to be very, very important for us as the evaluator, you know, getting some verified metrics on these guys, even if they have excellent film. We always see these trends trickle down, but at the high school level, you don't have that same benefit of the doubt of the production, right? You think of a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. He's got three years of production that he's been doing this at Ohio State at a very high level. So if there is an exception to the rule, I think it's Marvin Harrison Jr. The other part about this that is pretty fascinating, Drew, and we're going to pull up a list of guys that aren't participating in the combine as well. And I think you'd be surprised by some of the other names up here as well. You see guys like Drake May, that decision came down today. Jaden Daniels as well. Both of those guys considered top five worthy prospects. Malik Neighbors too. And then you see Jonathan Brooks, Cooper DeGene, both those guys coming back from injuries. So those guys are an exception. But Drew, when you think about Malik Neighbors as well, he won't be participating in the combine. That's the one that I don't understand. I think a lot of people will look at Malik Neighbors. I think he had a Balikkanoff type of year, broke a lot of records for LSU in Baton Rouge, paired up with Jaden Daniels, the Heisman winner. But this is a guy right now whose stock is still being decided. Is he going to be a lock for a top five draft pick or is he going to be a top 10 draft choice? That is a lot of money potentially left on the table for Malik Neighbors. And uh, Drew, that's going to be super fascinating. And you know what? Shout out to UC Report real quick uh, with the combine footage. Those guys gracious enough, Billy Tucker, uh, to give us permission to use that footage. But that was Malik Neighbors back in high school. Never did I think Malik Neighbors would turn and develop into a top five draft choice. But 
The point is pretty interesting. Drake May, Jaden Daniels, it seems like the commanders are going to be forced to make a decision with the quarterback there at number two. Is it going to be May? Is it going to be Jaden Daniels? If I was one of those guys and I saw a Caleb Williams or a Marvin Harrison Jr. opt out, I'd be licking my chops on the biggest stage of the offseason for the NFL outside of the NFL draft. You have an opportunity to go out there and prove that you're the guy. The biggest winner, Drew, for me out of that receiver group is Roma Dunze. I mean, you're talking about a guy six foot three plus at 220 pounds who has elite production that has a chance to go out there and run in the low four fours. What type of questions does he get to answer now by performing well at the NFL Combine? So I just think this whole deal is super fascinating. I was surprised by Drake May. I was surprised by Jaden Daniels. Drake May has all the talent in the world, but he was really inconsistent this past year. If there was one guy that I would want to go out there and say, hey, let me answer the bell, it would be Drake May. And you have to wonder, sure, we're going to see these guys at their pro days, but what type of advice are they getting and who are they getting it from? Well, that's what I was going to say, Coop. It it feels like a big game of chess, right? You would think Malik Neighbors would probably be working out uh, if if Marvin Harrison had decided to, and you know it's kind of a reaction. What's this guy doing? Uh, back to Marvin Harrison. You said it right. He's got the on-field production. I went back and I looked in one of our databases, and I think the only 40-yard dash time I could find. Uh, for Marvin was like a 464. I actually remember them. I was wondering if the guys in the booth had this footage of him at that Under Armour Future 50 event. It was a super cold day in Orlando, rare cold day. Uh, I remember I was freezing out there, but that camp was loaded. Broderick Jones was there, Shadur Shanders. Um, and, and, and Coop, I mean, spin this again towards our rankings, right? You know, how many guys out there have we stuck high that we really didn't have verified data points on in the list? is pretty small. I went back to the past three recruiting cycles. Travis Hunter was one of them. I think we feel good about him. Caleb Downs was another. Uh, And then the third one was Keon Keeley. You know, he never tested. He never measured anywhere. Uh, I just found that interesting. Now, if you look at this past cycle, right, the guys that just signed and are off to college, you know, Jeremiah Smith, he was a guy where I think we would have ranked him where we did, number one overall, first wide receiver to be ranked that high ever in 24-7 sports history. But remember, this time last year, or, or, or removed a few different months, you know, Jeremiah Smith, he went out and he won gold medals at the Florida State 1A track meet in the 110 hurdles and the, the 300-meter hurdles. And I think that's a big thing, not because, uh, you know, we were wanting to see how fast he is. He, he plays fast in pads, but you're just kind of looking for some justification. Okay, we know this guy can compete. We know he can do a technical event. And I think if you're a talent evaluator, some of these guys in the front offices, you're just trying to check off as many boxes as you can. You're going to give the most consideration to the prospects with the most information. I think Marvin Harrison, some of these other guys opting out, putting it in a situation where, hey, maybe someone is going to raise their hand and say, hey, do we really want to do that? Because Roman Dunze just ripped off a, a 4-2-7 in the 40-yard dash uh, there in Indianapolis. I like how you brought up, okay, how does this apply to the high school ranks in terms of our evaluation process? The three guys you brought up were Travis Hunter, Caleb Downs, and Keon Keeley. I think back to those guys, not only did they have consecutive years of monster production in their junior and senior seasons, but they also aced the eye test as well. Keon Keeley, we got to see in San Antonio. Same with Caleb Downs. You talk about Caleb Downs, a true three-phase player that could play at every level of the defense. I mean, he was a rare type of prospect. 
where does that fit in terms of the NFL combine? Drew, for me, that's only two guys that really check that box. That's Caleb Williams and that's Marvin Harrison Jr. So I don't have any issue with those two saying, you know what, I put enough on tape against elite competition. If you have any questions, go back to the tape. The other couple of guys, Daniels, May, neighbors as elite athletes as they are you would think you want to showcase that and answer any questions that teams have but it's going to be a fascinating week in Indianapolis Drew any other storylines you're looking forward to outside of the guys that may or may not be participating well I got to bring up my saying Demarcus Van Dyke current corners coach at USF he had one of the fastest times ever at the scouting combine he always says it Fast guys want to show that they are fast. Coop, I looked. FanDuel, you can bet on the NFL scouting combine. I got some free gambling advice out here. Um, XPE, (laughs) it's a training facility in Fort Lauderdale. They've had the fastest 40-yard dash time each of the past six years, right? So if you see some odds out there, it's hard to figure out who's been training at that facility But Quinion Mitchell, the corner out of Toledo that had an excellent week at the Senior Bowl, he's working with those XPE guys. Last year they had DJ Turner, who went, what, 4-2-7? The year before that it was Tyreek Woolen that broke the 4-3 mark. So we see Quinion Mitchell as a potential fastest 40-yard dash time. I think it's worth a little bit of a flyer. What are the odds there, Drew? Do you know? Have you have you taken a peek yet? I have not seen an individual odd sheet posted, but uh, DraftKings has the fastest 40 over under set at four to seven seconds. I bet you it gets broken. Maybe the boys should start working for Sportsline a little bit in our off time, you know, start uh, working on the combine odds. I love that. Guys, a lot more coming from the NFL combine. Like I said, I'll be there this week in Indianapolis. And uh, I talked about the Oyster Boys. You guys know this. Every Tuesday and Wednesday, you can find us. What about 24-7 Sports Live every Thursday, 5 o'clock Eastern time, Guys, we have the best hosts, analysts in the country right here at 24-7 Sports. You can find that on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. All right, Drew, let's get back to our high school chops in the transaction wire. Antoine Hill, a guy that we have talked about a lot in recent recent weeks, excuse me, number six quarterback in the country, number 66 overall, the former Colorado commit. He sets a June official visit to two programs, Drew. How about this? Duke? and Texas A&M. So Mike Elko getting a visit and the former school Mike Elko used to work at Duke and Manny Diaz, Drew. What do you think about that? We need to get our buddy Tom Loy back on to talk some Blue Devils recruiting right now. Uh, interesting group. I think you said it, Cooper. Antoine Hill, we've talked a lot about him here in this space. He is a toolsy quarterback prospect, big frame, big arm, can manipulate man coverage, Uh, And then you kind of see him in person. You're like, all right, he needs to keep improving as a passer. I've been wondering where this recruitment is going to go ever since he backed off that pledge to Colorado to see Duke and Texas A&M in there. Uh, I'm wondering if more schools get involved. He's also been linked to Florida. We saw him in Atlanta at that Under Armour camp with the Georgia Tech towel. Look, I think this is a guy you take, you stash on the roster, and you let him develop. And with Duke... Malik Murphy, I'm not saying Antoine Hill's Malik Murphy, but another big frame, big arm. 
Um, I think this is going to be a fun one to follow as we get into the summer months. That's immediately where my head went was Malik Murphy. And I I remember the conversations that we had behind the scenes at 24-7 Sports about Malik Murphy and his recruitment and what what should we do? Ultimately, should we keep him in the top 247? We did that. It seems to be like Malik Murphy is going to reward reward us for that decision. But Drew, there was just so much physical clay there that hadn't materialized yet. And you see that with Antoine Hill. We don't know what he's going to be. He's a top 100 prospect. We talked about it last week. This is a guy that could potentially climb up our board. We like him the most when the lights are brightest on the Friday night stage. I think still... Uh, some polish ahead of him in his game. So we'll see what happens with him. Duke, A&M, handful of others uh, in there for Antoine Hill. Another top 100 prospect uh, lining up some visits as well. That is the number nine corner in the country, DeJon Lee out of Mission Viejo in California. Drew, a lot to like about him. A lot of size, 6'3", 180 pounds. Alabama, Georgia, Washington are the three schools uh, that he has set summer OVs to. Dante Williams there, the connect, the former DB coach at USC, now at Georgia under Kirby Smart. Drew, what do you think about those potential fits for DeJon Lee? How about Jed Fish? We were wondering what they were going to look like on the recruiting trail after he relocated there to Seattle. And now he's in it with two SEC powers. Coop, when I saw this one come across, you know, the Slack channel, got my mind churning a little bit in the sense that we have two kind of pterodactyl corners in this cycle. And that's extremely rare. Dejon Lee, you said he's 6'3". He's actually closer to 6'4". He's measured a shade under that twice in back-to-back years. you got him... And then you got DJ Pickett, who's six two and a half. I think he's pushing six foot four. These big, long perimeter playmakers, guys that can bat it down. And both of these individuals can run. Dijon Lee, track guy, DJ Pickett, track guy, Coop. I went and I looked. You go back to week one of the NFL season, there was roughly 200 cornerbacks on the rosters, only eight of them. We're over six foot three. If you're in that small elite fraternity of eight, that's guys like Sauce Gardner, uh, Benjamin St. Justy, Tyreek Woolen. All those guys are long, but they can also run. And I think what's unique about Dejon Lee, DJ Pickett, both of them can run. So kind of a unique little duo here. Uh, Dejon Lee, we saw him at what? Under Armour's Future 50. We saw him at Battle Miami. I mean, he can move and those guys can cover up Uh, a huge window and eliminate them for quarterbacks. I remember seeing him last year and not knowing what to think of Dejon Lee. I mean, I love the frame. Obviously, you love the size. You see him off the hoof. He's a guy that's very physically impressive. But I'll tell you what, revisiting the game tape this morning, there's a lot to like about him. Cover two corner, very comfortable in zone, very patient eyes. The ball production kind of stuck out as well. So this is a guy, Drew, like you said, these guys, they don't grow on trees. When you get that combination of size and athleticism, there are going to be a lot of teams after him. So Georgia, Alabama, Washington, all battling it out for Dejon Lee. Uh, Drew, to Auburn we go, uh, trying to build off of the success that they had in 2024 and 2025. They're off to a good start. They pick up a commitment Monday night from Beaufort standout Devin Williams, ranked inside the top 120 for us, one of the top corners in the country. 5'10", hovering around 160 pounds. That's going to be the biggest knock with him. The good thing, Drew, two-way standout, a lot of production, also ran sub 10-7 as well. He's a football player, man. You turn on the tape, and uh, there's a lot to like about this kid. The, the biggest question mark obviously being the size. Can he put on the weight? But you think about him long-term as a nickel projection. I mean, this dude flashes uh, all over the screen, heady, instinctive defender, always around the football. 
Going to take some time to physically mature, but I like this kid for the Tigers. Yeah, we just talked about two guys over six foot three. Now we got one that's, I think he's under five foot ten, but he can he can move. Middle school state champ there in Georgia in the one hundred and the two hundred uh, went ten six five last year. Coop, you hit the hand uh, the the nail on the head right there. He is feisty. I thought one of his best games he played last season was against St. Francis Academy. I believe that was the opener of his junior season. This guy could be a, a coverage specialist, and I think if you are. Auburn, we've talked so much about what they have done on offense with those wide receivers, Cam Coleman, uh, Walker White coming in. Coop, what about what they're doing on on defense, right? Back-to-back-to-back cycles. It's shaping up to be some impressive hauls. Last year was Amaris Williams, Jamonte Waller, Joseph Phillips. I like the guys they got in the secondary, Jalen Crawford, Kinsley Fotson. Uh, Now they got committed Malik Autry, Ja'Caleb Falk, and an elite inside corner in Devin Williams. I think we need to talk more about what's going on in the planes or on the planes on defense. I love Auburn. I love the way they're recruiting right now. I love the way they're scouting. They bring over Will Redmond from LSU to kind of lead the charge on the player personnel side. You mentioned Malik Autry. Uh, Drew, we're not going to touch on it today, but you think about risers inside the top 247. We've got their release coming next week. Malik Autry is certainly one of those guys. Caleb Falk, I'm a huge fan of. We'll probably get to talk about him a little bit later as well. All right, Drew, let's round it out here uh, in the state of Texas. Former Texas baseball commit, Ed Small, the number 37 receiver in the country. He commits to the TCU Horn Frogs over the weekend. The Horn Frogs now have the number 30 class in the country under Sonny Dykes. Drew, I turned on the tape. I loved it, man. 5'10.5", 205. I don't know how much meat is left on the bone with a guy like Ed Small, a multi-sport athlete, can play out of the slot, can play him on the perimeter as well, love the run-after catch ability, but he is really good at the at, at the catch point as well. You think about one of these guys, maybe question the long-term upside, but in terms of what he's going to be in college, he should be able to help immediately for TCU in a very fun and open offense. Yeah, 77 catches, just over 1,100 yards, 20 touchdowns. Also, that kickoff return touchdown there in the Lone Star State. This was a guy that uh, really stood out at the National Combine in San Antonio. Hudson Standish, Colin Kennedy, they were tracking the wide receivers. They were all about Ed Small. Kept pulling me aside. You got to see this guy, Ed Small. He is on the smaller side, but I think as someone that just understands how to get open over the middle and be a quarterback's best friend, he can do just that and you think about TCU's recruiting class I know it's super early here in 2025 but they like the quarterback they have committed in Ty Hawkins I had a chance to see him throw last month down at the Battle Miami tournament he can air it out Coop I'm just wondering is TCU going to get this thing back on track let's not forget it wasn't a few years ago they played for the college football play, uh, national championship you know they brought in some talent Cordell Russell I totally forgot he left for Colorado, you think about the new look Big 12. I don't know. I just like the early pieces that TCU has committed here in 2025. There's a lot of juice uh, still yet to be squeezed out of TCU in that program. You think about the Big 12, Drew, you and I have kind of talked about this. Who is the premier program in the Big 12 that you expect to maybe step into the void of a Texas or Oklahoma and not recruit at a top 10 level, but who's going to recruit at a top 20 level? That is yet to be determined. I think Joey McGuire at Texas Tech, they have a case for that. Dave Aranda, that's really not his background, known as a strong recruiter. 
there is a lot of opportunity in the Big 12, and I think Deion Sanders uh, is a guy that's probably licking his chops right now as he can get down into that Southwest Territory. But Drew, if you're TCU, that seems to me to be the program that is the best position to really take advantage of two teams heading to the SEC in 2024. I want to see them step up from a recruiting standpoint. I have not seen that. I like some of the moves that they made via the transfer portal a year ago. That being said, TCU, to me, should be a top 25, at least bare minimum, program when it comes to recruiting every single year. And Drew, I think they have the the, the potential to be a top 15 to 20 program on the recruiting trail. It's going to take some intentionality. It's going to take some focus. Obviously, you're going to focus on that area uh, in DFW. But, Drew, I don't know. Like, it, it's, it's, it's not like, um, you know, everything is falling around them. But at the same time, this is a program, if they do it right, I have a lot of faith in Sonny Dykes, who the coach is in the on-field product. But you got to take advantage of what's around you. The other thing about that that I find interesting, guy that you really like, Rhett Lashley and SMU, they're headed to the ACC, right? So it's not like you have that power four group of five advantage anymore. So that's going to be a fascinating storyline to kind of see play out as well here in the future. Well, can I say this? I think Ed Small is a small step in the right direction for TCU <laughs> when we talk about the recruiting class. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Great job there. I like that one. All right, guys. We talked about Tuesday and Wednesday. We talked about Thursday. Well, we haven't hit on Monday. We're not going to do that. But we are going to talk about next week because we have a 2025 Top 247 rankings update for you. And the College Football Recruiting Show, which is typically on Monday and Thursday, will have a special episode on Wednesday, March 6th. Player rankings updated reveal for 2025. Going to be hosted by yours truly, Andrew Ivins, of course, will be on there with me. A lot of exciting movement. We've talked about the combines that we've been to as well. That's been a big part in putting these rankings together. So we're certainly excited about that. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now time for our favorite segment, the Oyster Boys Improv, which means that I don't know what Andrew's getting ready to ask me. He doesn't know what I'm getting ready to ask him. All we know is that he's got two questions, I got two questions. Drew, I think I had the honors last week. There's Murph in the background. Shout out to our boy Murph. Drew, your first question, I'll let you take dibs here. All right. We, you said it. We're doing the 2025 Top 247 update. I think you have been uh, – what, what are your position groups? You got D-line and edge and linebacker, right? So front seven, that's what we're classifying you as – I want to ask you, Coop, and I think this is a great question because I don't have an answer. 
I think this is a, a, a wide open question mark as we stand right now, 10 months before the rankings go final. Who is your favorite edge in the 2025 cycle? And you can define favorite in a variety of different ways, but let's say you're assembling a recruiting board at Washington or Michigan or wherever <laughs> else you were in the past. Who's the guy that is at the top? There's not one guy that immediately like jumps off the there's one guy that jumps off the tape. I'll talk about here in a second, but there's not one guy that jumps off the board where we're like, hey, that is a premier guy. You got to have that guy. Maybe, maybe, and, and people are going to be like, of course, well, that's low-hanging fruit. I love Zayden Walker. I mean, there, there's nothing not to like about him. He is such an explosive, dynamic player out of the state of Georgia. He's an easy one. Let's go down the board a little bit. How about you, Caleb Falk, the brother of Keldrick Falk, a guy that became a darling of ours, certainly in the postseason two years ago, now at Auburn playing defensive line. And Ja'Kayla Falk has a lot of similarities to his brother. In a lot of ways, we didn't know what Keldrick Falk was going to be. He had a basketball background. He could play him in a two- or three-point stance. He also played offense as well at tight end. That's really Ja'Kalep. Ja'Kalep plays at every single level at Highland Home in the state of Alabama. You can play him off the edge. You can play him off ball as well. I've talked to some programs that really kind of see him as a second-level defender. Drew, I'm kind of still more geared to him long-term playing off the edge a little bit. But you watch the tape, man. They ask this guy to do everything. You can flex him out over the slot. He can play the deep ash, playing safety. He's very comfortable as an off-ball linebacker as well. Situational pass rusher off the edge dynamic on the offensive side of the ball as well you see all this on tape and then you go back and you look at the statistical production and it's not what you think it was a little bit of the kind of like Jordan Ross conundrum it's like how this guy only have two and a half sacks I think Ja'Caleb only had three and a half but shoot Ja'Caleb Falk for me I think tape grade wise is one of the highest players that I've graded just strictly off the tape that being said, we got to see him in Atlanta. We saw him last year in Atlanta at the Under Armour Combine. We saw him this year as well. I don't know. You know, like the athlete on tape doesn't really match the athlete that you see in person. Ran around 4-9 as well. That being said, I love the football players. Super high floor. Very versatile. Reminds me of the edge rusher a handful of years ago that did not test well. Uh, at the combine but had elite production at Georgia I think had the neck injury I think that the Steelers ended up taking him in the first round blanking on the name uh, but in terms of the versatility uh, I think there's a lot of uh, positive indicators there so I love you Caleb Falk obviously I can I can talk about the kid uh, all day so what about you Drew I like flipping these questions around is there is there a guy for you I know we're you know we got two to three position groups at a time but is there a guy for you that kind of sticks out well, I'm going to diagnose everything you just you rambled off there uh, <laughs> because I know you well and we spend a lot of time. It, it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, there isn't an edge rusher that has matched the on-field production with the in-person evaluations and the testing and the measurements and all that, right? There's a lot of guys where you're getting one or the other at this stage, and we just haven't found the guy where it's a perfect marriage between the two. Is that is that a good way to put it for the edge category? Yeah, we're still trying to figure that out. I mean, even, even last year at times, right? Like you have to wait for um, – you have to wait for that marriage of everything we see from a testing component to match. Does that show up on tape? Right. And right now I feel like, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, I feel really good about Zayden Walker. I think he's got a sub 11, five to his name. He's a big guy at 225 pounds. 
Uh, but have we seen that perfect marriage between, okay, this is an elite athlete uh, verified by testing, multi-sport data, so on and so forth. And then have we seen that on tape? I think right now you're still kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. We haven't seen that perfect blend of that prospect yet. So the guy that jumps out to me, and I have not gone extensive into the edge rusher category, but how about Damian Shanklin out of Indiana and the Indianapolis suburbs guy I liked when we did our November update I think at the time you know it was like Tennessee was in there his recruitment has almost you know doubled in terms of the interest I believe Notre Dame Ohio State a bunch of schools involved with him he's he's kind of one coop where you know has the measurements maybe they're not in that upper upper percentile I like what I see on tape because I think he can put his hand in the dirt if he needs to but the big thing for me Growth potential. I think he's just a pup, and he can hug the ground. So Damian Shanklin, to me, that I'm I'm more of the outsider. I'm not the expert on the position group. Huge fan of him. I like him a lot. All right, question for you. Pretty similar question, but not as specific to a position group. We said we're going through the audit right now, and the way that we do this, what 11, 12 different position groups that we'll go through. So we'll break that up with our scouting group. Uh, Drew, for you, prospect that has impressed you the most during your 2025 top 247 audit? Well, I've been watching a lot of quarterbacks here over the past week. I'm going to go with Hussan Longstreet, uh, our nation's top uncommitted signal caller. You know, a guy I don't have a ton of live exposure to. Saw him at Battle Miami, but he's part of a three-quarterback rotation. I think I saw him throw 12 passes. And, and, and don't get me wrong, he has a live, live, live arm. But I wanted to dig into a game Got to watch him against St. John Bosco in the playoffs. And Cooper, I texted you right away. I like this kid. He is twitched up. Now, he's not, you know, some big uh, tower in the pocket. He's roughly six foot one, 185 pounds. But I love how he gets out of trouble. Love the arm. He can make every throw, touch every different corner of the field. And the, and the thing that stood out to me about this game sample is he converts third and long fourth and long. He continues to come up big for his team. I wrote down, and and this is me just doing like loose, loose, loose player comps. I see some Bo Nix in his game in, in terms of being able to get the ball out fast, get it out to the perimeter, get it over the middle, get it to his playmakers, and then he can move the chains with his legs. So Hassan Longstreet, big fan of him. I, I've had a question mark about where he has been in the rankings. You know, Interested to see what schools go on him. Texas A&M's involved. We mentioned them with Antoine Hill, but I'm kind of all in on Hussan Longstreet. Uh, and and I, I think he's going to be another one we talk a lot about in May, June, July as these quarterback dominoes fall. And, and then just one other one, Cooper, Ryan Montgomery, uh, another quarterback uh, out of Ohio. You see the schools involved with him, right? It's Florida, South Carolina. He took a visit to Georgia and you're like, all right, you know, am I missing something in here? I, I get it now. Dug into one of his games, confident pocket passer. He's the type of guy that's going to take what a defense gives him. Processes at a high level, from what I can tell. Not easy on tape, uh, but you can see him go through the progressions. Doesn't take a ton of risks. Stays on schedule. Billy Napier, got a chance to see him at a coach's clinic or, excuse me, listen to him at a coach's clinic, talk about what he's looking for in signal callers. It all makes sense why the Gators are involved with Ryan Montgomery, just seeing what he does. You know, you would think more pro-style guy, but played in a system that it was constantly four and five wide, had to get the ball out quick. So Ryan Montgomery, another guy to me, 
Tyler Van Dyke could be a comp. Aiden O'Connell could be a comp, but he's a guy that can get it around the field. And, and more importantly, he doesn't, you know, make a ton of risky throws out there. The Knicks comp for Hussan Longstreet is super interesting because I, I, I see it a little bit. And he is a very good athlete. He's a quick twitch, explosive athlete. But you only you see more of that athleticism in the pocket, the ability to navigate the pocket, extend plays outside of it as well. Drew, for me, not so much as a runner. But I think about those quick twitch, short area movements in the pocket as well. You think about the baseball background, too. I love this about Hussan Longstreet. He's got 11-inch hands. I think that's the biggest of any quarterback in the top 247 as well. He's doing that at, what, a shade over six feet, right? Uh, I kind of saw a little bit of Russell Wilson, and that was more from an abbreviated, explosive arm, compact release. I like this kid a lot, Drew. The other thing that you mentioned to me that you like about Hussan Longstreet Against the best competition, St. John Bosco, you turned on that tape. And in terms of the return on investment, what you saw from him, he checked a lot of boxes as well. So that's a name to watch. As we're talking about the NFL draft, it is pretty fascinating to think. Like, all right, for us, you have the names at the top of the board. Bryce Underwood, George McIntyre, Tavian St. Clair, Julian Lewis that you feel pretty good about. Who's maybe one of those guys in the top 64 from 33 to 64 that can move in to the bottom of the 32, right? I think Hussan Longstreet, one of those guys, I don't think it's going to be because he lacks the physical traits. So obviously a guy right now uh, that we are doing our due diligence on. All right, Drew, next question. What you got for me? <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to NCAA 25, man. I want to have some fun here. We talked about it. You don't know if you're going to get the console. I'm still, you know, working, finagling my wife to get the uh, the console. I can't afford summer, the console. So <laughs> All right, what dynasty, you got to choose a group of five team, what dynasty do you want to build? So you have all the group of fives, and you can maybe potentially move them into a power conference at some point down the line, you know, Big Ten, SEC, but you get your pick of a group of five program uh, to build from the bottom up. Who's it going to be? I went with, I'm going to go with San Diego State. I, I like San Diego State, and part of the reasons is, is San Diego is one of my favorite cities. Now, I don't know that that matters in a, a virtual world, but you think about it a little bit, Sean Lewis, San Diego State, nice recruiting base there in California. Uh, I think there's a lot of meat left on the bone. I think there's a lot of juice left to be squeezed in California. You got UCLA, Deshaun Foster, he's trying to figure it out. Lincoln Riley's going national. The Ducks are too busy uh, recruiting some of the top talent in the country. What about little old San Diego State? I like San Diego State here, man. I mean, I just, I don't know. Marshall Falk, he's from New Orleans, grew up watching him with the St. Louis Rams. San Diego State has always been, for whatever reason, two, two programs that I just loved when I was a kid. San Diego State and UCLA. So those, those uh, are the two programs that I've always liked in the West Coast. So I'll go with San Diego State. Who you got? <laughs> oh, have you ever built a, a dynasty from the bottom and, and made them into a perennial power? Has that happened? If we fire up like NCAA 2012? Air Force. Air Force, okay. And I love, the, I love the unis. Actually, you know what I did with Air Force? I'm sure everybody's been down this rabbit hole before. I just Air Force had the uniforms that were the most, um, I would say, comparable to what we wore in high school when I played at Jesuit High School in New Orleans. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the due diligence. I'm going to change everybody's name on the roster, you know, in terms of the, uh, the image and likeness and everything like that. That's what I did. So I built our high school football team 
with Air Force. So Air Force was a uh, close runner-up. Uh, that's that's you and next gen before next gen was even a thought. <laughs> exactly. Think about it. Like, uh, I, I I'm going with uh, Delaware. I've never been to Delaware. They're moving into uh, CUSA in 2025. I don't know. Uh, Blue Hens. I think their student section is named the Cockpit. I'm I'm all in on on Delaware. <laughs> All right. I like that. We're going back and forth here. All right. Now back to the recruiting ranking side of it. Here's an interesting one. I want you to dig a little bit. A player outside of the top 64, so the top two rounds that you think has day one potential. Well, (laughs) there's a lot of guys probably right around that 64 cut line, right? You know, 64 uh, to 50. Um, cause I think we put a lot of work in during our November update, right? We really hammered that home. We wanted to get it right. Uh, it was a lot of junior season evaluations. I think the one that, uh, to me that I know is outside the 64 cause he's in that third round, Derek Meadows. Uh, we've talked about him at length in this space, but why Derek Meadows and Cooper, I thought about this yesterday talking about potential five stars in the 2025 cycle. Go back to 2023. We had 10, 12 receivers spotting, fighting for a spot inside the 32. We finished with, what, eight five-star wide receivers? Right now, as it stands, I think we have one consensus five-star when it comes to the wide receiver position. That's DeCorian Moore. After that, I think you can make a case for a lot of guys, but there's no definitive stamp, all right? Yep, he is definitely one of our 32 at this stage. And to me, Derek Meadows, yes, the on-field production hasn't been there. Only caught 19 passes last season at Las Vegas Bishop Gorman. But he is a freaky, freaky athlete. He is going to be on the freaks list, okay? He's six foot six, 200 pounds. You know, we've talked about in the past what he does as a hurdler. But then you get into, like, the testing data, you know, 120 broad jump, 7-1, and the L drill, uh, he's been excellent on the off-season camp circuit. To me, I think he's a guy that could shoot up into the 32, depending on, hey, how does that senior season go? He's no longer going to be second fiddle to some of those senior playmakers at Bishop Gorman. I went and I looked, Coop. I was, I was fired up to see if Bishop Gorman has their 2024 schedule out yet. They do not. But I think he's going to be a, a high-volume target in that offense, and I think that could propel him – into the 32 and I, I actually have a player comp for him i was gonna go like chase claypool miles boinkin i know he's uh been crystal balled to notre dame but what about kenny galladay former nfl wide receiver also of the big size four five at the nfl scouting combine a few years ago so derrick meadows for me i have never seen anybody like derrick meadows I, I don't say that lightly because i remember watching roma dunze when he was a bishop gorman coming out in Las Vegas and watching that combine tape and really kind of being wowed by that so much that I went back and I watched it earlier this week and I thought okay you could see the traits that have materialized for Roma Dunze over the last couple years in Seattle that being said what's so interesting about Derek Meadows is is that he's got what three inches on Roma Dunze he is six foot six I mean he's like Drake London territory. I think he's probably even got uh, more than an inch on Drake London as well, who had a basketball background. But you look at Derek Meadows and you watch him go through some of these individual drills. And I get it. I think a lot of people are going to say, oh, t-shirt and shorts. Completely understand that. And, and that is the, the, the argument against Derek Meadows right now is that he does not have the production to go with the testing. It's not just the testing, right? The testing is kind of what pulls you there, what gravitates your eyes to Derek Meadows. 
But to see the way that he worked at some of these positional drills, the agility, the, be, the, the ability to bend, get in and out of his break so quickly, he's very sudden, he's very explosive. You don't see players at his size often, and I, I mean like rarely, that are able to move the way that he does. Incredibly efficient, no stiffness whatsoever. And what's crazy, you know, earlier in the show, we're looking back at the tape of like Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, far, far from finished products at that time. You go back and you watch that combine tape, I think you'd be floored that those guys end up being top five draft choices. And obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. had the genetics. You see why there was so much there to like about him physically, day one ready, excellent short area quickness. Still a little hip tight, still played tall. Malik Neighbors, you know, was a was a two-way guy, ran around 4-6, probably, you know, going to test well. But these are all guys that develop throughout their career. That's what gets me excited about Derek Meadows is, yeah, he's got a big opportunity as a senior. But, man, in terms of what's ahead of him, physical growth potential with what he's already showed, sky's the limit for this kid, man. And we got him, what, in the fourth round, right? And – because you got to be able to show it on the field right now. That's the only thing that we're missing. So Derek Meadows for me, like, you know, we throw out the term like case study a lot. I am super, super fascinated to see what happens with him. And if any of that, 75% of what he showed in a combine setting can translate onto a football field, then he's going to have a really good shot to, you know, attach a rocket to his back and shoot up our board. But, um, Great one. I didn't even think about Derek Meadows. Um, can I answer that question? The question that I asked? Uh, is that okay? You got, you got one? I, I, I have a wild card here. I Dude, this kid from Kansas, Dawson Merritt, uh, I really like. Blue Valley North, 6'3", over 200 pounds. Did a little digging, talked to some sources uh, that have had him on campus. Drew 79-inch wingspan plus, 79 and a half. All right, so that's, that's 6'7 plus wing with 34-inch arms. And this is a guy that primarily plays on ball as a 3-4 edge rusher. You rarely see him as a second-level defender. But in terms of the athleticism, man, he just moves different than everybody else in that linebacker class. You see his ability to close space quickly. I think the other thing about him being able to play in space, he's also very physical. I like the fact that he's playing on the line of scrimmage right now from a stack-and-shed standpoint, getting used to the physicality that it's going to take – to play in between the tackles. There's a lot we don't know about this kid. We haven't seen him run. We obviously don't have verified testing, but in terms of the early returns on the size, I mean, I think this guy can play around 235 pounds. You can utilize him a lot of different ways. I get excited when you think about him as a second level blitzer, the uh, range to play sideline to sideline, the athleticism as well. I mean, I look at him and I'm like, I just want to know so much more about this kid. You leave the tape not wanting more, but you leave the tape saying, all right, is there any more that I can watch? Because this guy just kind of, he gets the juices flowing when you turn on the tape. We got him, I think, uh, same category, fourth round. And Drew, right now, just a little bit of a wait and see game, but I thought the junior tape was awesome. It's like the golden era in the state of Kansas. You got what, Andrew Babaloa, Lincoln Cure, Deshaun Brame. Jaden Woods, Deshaun Merritt. Those are all guys in the top two, four, seven. Good year in Kansas. How many of those guys? And you know, I let's just talk with uh, let's talk about Babaloa and and, and maybe uh, Merritt here for a second. How big would that be for Kansas if they could reel those guys in? And and when's the last time you thought like, man, Kansas really has a shot here? 
And the other thing is, Drew, I mean, you go back to 2024. I mean, Deshaun Warner was a huge, huge win for those guys. You think about, like, all right, if they can take another step on the field this season, they got a huge opportunity here in 2025 to really add to the top of the roster as well, which those opportunities for Kansas in that state are few and far between. But if you can keep those guys home, right now, Drew, it seems like a really, really good meshing point for that program to go out and acquire some of the best talent in the country. I think it's much easier in this name image likeness era, right? Avery Johnson at Kansas state. We've seen what they've been able to do. Now these programs, they have big alumni bases. Yes. They might be a little more geared towards basketball, but if there was ever a time at Kansas to try to, you know, put up a fence around the state, why not do it now? Why not just in the show with some Kansas talk, as always? Drew, I'm looking forward to the San Diego State-Delaware matchup that will happen sometime uh, in the next couple months on NCAA 25. Guys, we appreciate you watching, as always. If you're in the chat, please make sure to like and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. We will be back same time tomorrow, except I won't be here. It will be Andrew and our buddy Tom Loy holding down the four for us. Guys, as always, we appreciate you watching. For Andrew Ivins, I'm Cooper Patagna. We'll see you tomorrow.